computer. Hey. What's going on, everyone? Got hey. a little bit of a new thing for us on Combat Club with the Brothers Fox. Um, we have a special guest this week. So, Charles, without further ado, why don't you introduce our special guest? Uh, this is our dad, Tony. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Anthony David Fox recently promoted to BJJ Black Belt. Been um fan of the UFC for as long as anybody. I mean, really, it wouldn't be possible to be a fan of the UFC for longer. Um, <laughs> he specializes in the, the olden pride rules days. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, we are going to ask him some questions about, you know, his love for combat sports and all that. And hopefully give you guys some insight on starting jujitsu at an older age or whatever, you know? Well, yeah. happy to be here. Thanks. <laughs> yeah as you can tell we're all we're all we have a very you know high highbrow high budget considering the success of us and in the last week we're not all filming in different corners of the same house um <laughs> but yes uh so without further ado we're gonna you know ask a couple questions um you know why don't you give a background to how you and by extension us got involved with fight sports because uh, you did actually get involved at you know quite a little bit of a, a later age and uh, it's pretty uncommon well, I was about 35 years old and I had some back problems and I was getting my back worked on by Mike Schwartz, who's a muscle activation therapist. And um, he uh, was into jujitsu. He was on the Carlson Gracie team. He was a blue belt. And there was another Carlson Gracie team guy there taking lessons who was about in his mid forties. He was taking private lessons. It looked like a lot of fun. So I jumped, I, you know, introduced myself or Schwartz introduced me to the the instructor who was Jeff Neal and then I started grappling at 35 years old the uh, UFC was in its infancy uh there were a couple fighters uh in the UFC who were fighting in the the gym I started jiu-jitsu with or it was um Stephen Bonner and Miguel Torres or I don't know if Miguel Torres he just was in the WEC he wasn't in that UFC. Yeah, Miguel Torres at the time one of the best pound for pound fighters in the world. Yeah, he was phenomenal. Just phenomenal. yeah, he was really good. Those yeah. back problems, by the way, they're totally better now, right? Yep, yep. I mean, <laughs> it still flares up every now and then. I, I don't. Think that was a joke. Yeah, disc that problems never <laughs> entirely go away, but I'm a lot better yeah. now. That's for sure. Awesome. Uh, so recently getting your black belt, recently uh, falling in the quarters of the World IBJJF Jiu Jitsu Championships the Masters 5 division, um, but had a great competition run in the last year. Uh, why don't you talk about your love for competing and how that kind of uh, got us into competing, I would say. Okay, well, um, I always knew that in order to get to be a regular black belt, that my path was going to be through competition because I didn't want – I was a little bit older than most of the people, and I – take a few more private lessons, a lot more private lessons than the average person takes. So um, even, so I won the uh, blue belt uh, <laughs> IBJJF Chicago Open, which at the time was definitely the most exciting moment of my sporting life. And uh, I had a really bad run at purple belt. I don't think I won a match for about seven years in a row. I was struggling with my business then and I also uh, had a lot of really good guys in my division um, and they moved up a little bit faster than I did. So by the time I hit Brown belt, um, I was able to do much better. Yeah. Yeah. He was, uh, you know, just a couple moments away from being a world medalist. He got caught in a little bit of a tough situation with a wrist lock, but uh, a little bit of a mess, but, but that's okay. And then, so by extension through your prowess in jiu-jitsu through your time in the sport, uh, we kind of got involved in grappling. Obviously, I was, you know, first, and Charlie kind of tried along with me. Uh, but you know, given that we both had extensive experience in grappling, uh, starting with Charlie, what are what is your favorite moment from each of our combat career? Well, I, I remember you both being very young kids <laughs> and and uh, learning how to do a mataleo, and Charlie always had a vicious mataleo <laughs> as a little kid. Um, but that's not my favorite grappling moment for, for Charlie. He was, um, he was at the wrestling room in the, in the field house and it was the varsity meet. 
and he wasn't even sure that he was going to be right. He was a sophomore and he wasn't even expecting, he wasn't sure if he was going to be wrestling that night. And coach just threw him out there and said, go, you're wrestling 220 is a, like a senior from Niles West. I think it was. And the guy like had a mustache and a beard. He was really husky and it was scary. I was a little bit scared for Charlie. I got to be honest. And <laughs> not only did Charlie take the guy down with an inside trip, he splayed him for the pin right after that. It was so <laughs> cool. It was unquestionably my favorite Charlie Fox moment in grappling. Yeah. And now the, the same question, but for me. Yours unquestionably was the seventh grade moment when uh, <laughs> we were down in Rockford and you won the IK, IKWF in front of maybe 10,000 people. It was terribly exciting. <laughs> it was like a local celebrity a, for a couple yeah. of weeks. Yeah. Yeah, was, that, that was the peak. Seventh grade, that was It was peak. awesome. <laughs> I yeah. uh, used to you used to pull me out of bed before school to do escapes <laughs> from side pins and all kinds of escapes. And yeah. by the time you were 13, I couldn't hold you anymore. <laughs> yeah. All yeah. right. Uh turn it over to Charlie. I did, well, thank you for those stories. You know, going on memory lane is always very nice. But going to Charlie, he's gonna take you through a little bit of a game. We're gonna see, uh, we're gonna see how yeah. well you know some games. So take it away, Charlie. Um, we have one more question first. For you, for people who aren't really familiar with jujitsu and all that, uh, first tell us like how long it took you to get your black belt and all the hard work you had to put in, and what does getting a black belt mean to you? Because I know it means something a little bit different to everybody. Yeah, well, for me, um, it meant uh, arriving at the uh, at the place where I started out to go to. Um, it uh, had a lot of satisfaction involved for me. I started when I was 35 and I always trained in places where people, other people were competing and people were not moving up until they were doing well in their division. And I mean, it needed to be either really close matches or winning your division. And so after I won blue at purple, I ended up staying a lot longer because I wasn't doing well in my division. And it was very frustrating. I can't say I ever thought about quitting because I still love jujitsu and I don't really like other sports that much besides surfing and fishing. So uh, it wasn't like I was taking time away from other sports and I was still work working out. And I would say that jujitsu is still like, my main form of working out the place I get the most exercise. So that was always keeping me interested. And then the last six months before I became a black belt, you guys were not around more or less. I didn't have any responsibilities with you guys. So I could train and my business was really slow. The theater was slow. There's no business. Real estate was slow. So I basically spent six months focusing nothing but jujitsu. And I worked out two or three times a day, five days a week. And uh, I ran, I lifted weights. I uh, took a ton of private lessons with really good guys. I went to class, I went to open mat. I, I did everything possible I could do to get myself in the best possible shape. And um, I, I lost a really close match uh, so that, that was my last year at Brown Belt. My, my first match was a really close match at Pan Am and I, I reviewed it and I thought I saw some spots where I could have done better. And I learned a lot from that match. And then after that match, I went on a five, uh, match win streak until I finally lost in the quarters. And then I got my, uh, black belt, um, you know, a month or two later having won two Chicago Opens that last year, including a match against the ultra heavy guy, which was terribly exciting for me. Yeah. Um, okay, and it was well, really, really uh, a great day for me because you guys got belted up too. And I was as happy for you guys as I was for me. I, I mean, I love the fact that you guys are, are, you know, willing to spend the time and go through the, the slog that is the journey to black belt. And I hope you, you find it as rewarding and meaningful as I did, because it really, uh, it meant a ton to me. One short follow-up. Was there any part of getting your black belt 
that felt sad, almost like you'd finished uh totally finished totally. like a great book or a great show. Can you totally. elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, there's a big, big difference between me and Jay Valco or me and Justin Metcalf. I mean, black belts, there's this huge difference between new black belts and and truly great black belts. And I uh, had come to a place where I was really one of the best guys in my division, in the brown belt division in the world, who was competing at IBJJF. So, you know, that excludes a lot of people because it costs money to travel for IBJJF and uh, the, the entrance fees are like $150. So not everybody who's who's really good does the IBJJF. So there's probably a lot more people who are better than me, but I was at the top of my division. And then I go to the bottom of black belt and it's like, Oh my God, every single black belt in the room can kill me. And some of the Brown belts. And I, I would always text my, my uh, jujitsu buddies that I'm sad because I'm always going to be remembered as a devastating Brown belt. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, we're going to jump straight into the next game. Uh, we're going to have you run a little gauntlet, play some nickname guessing games. There should be some easy ones that you definitely could get. It'll get harder and harder. We have seven different questions. Ugh. Starting off with the first one, I'm going to give you the California kid. Who is that? You're right, Faber. Oh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> Thanks, I got one at least. One for one. <laughs> Number one, two, go. who is smooth? Oh, Slow. Three. Slow is smooth, smooth and smooth is slow. Dude. One. You can get Benson. as much time as he wants. Who? It's I don't Benson know. Henderson. Benson Henderson. Oh, I knew that. I knew that. Is, um, <laughs> come on. Who is, two. who is the nightmare? Diego Sanchez. There you go. Two, two, two. <laughs> two for three. Number All right. Four. Who is Little oh. Evil? Jens Pulver. Okay. That was a That's tough nice. one. Yeah. That was you a tough one. He, he was at an event that you guys were at. That was from his era. He, with uh, the carpenter was there too. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Number five. The main fight this is where it gets a little bit tougher. Who is Ace? Come on. My buddy Ed Farley's dad used to call him Ace. <laughs> I don't know anybody else. Five. Four. Four. One. It's Rich Franklin. Rich Franklin. Ah, I don't think I. Rich Ace Franklin. Yeah. Yeah. Charlie, get, let me let me come in next time if he doesn't get it. Okay, okay. this one's going to be super easy for you, but I don't expect Dad to get it. Number five, who is the Funk Master? Come oh, on. I know, I know, <laughs> Kevin, Kevin, no. it's not Kevin. Okay, forget it. Come on, take a guess, take a stab. Um, it's a current current UFC champion. Five from Sarah Longo. Come on. <laughs> Alvin made the Funk Master Oh, God. All right. I always forget his name. Here's your last one. Okay. Who I'm not sure if Izzy's going to be able to get even. Who is the dream catcher? Oh. Five, four, three, two, one on me. Uh, wait, hang on, hang on. Is it? Is, it's, it's Ameri not American, right? No, not American. And you can get a hint if you want to. Does he have a last name with a lot of consonants? Uh, not a, a short amount of consonants, but not a ton. Does it end in a V? No, no it does not. All right, I don't know. You guys, I'll give you a hint. He's not currently in the UFC anymore, but he still fights, I believe. If he doesn't still fight, he used to fight very recently. Not Kevin Lee. Nope. It is Gegard Mousasi. Oh, right. I love him too. What was right. his name? The Dream Catcher. Wow. That That's seems cool. like, oh, I feel like God. I would have heard that. He was I don't a monster. Know. He's still a monster, but he just lost the Bellator title to Johnny Evelyn. Oh, uh, but yeah, he's still relevant. All right. Well, well, you guys, well, proud of you guys first. for doing this. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, man. All right. Chat. Thanks. Okay. All right. Um, As our first special guest, we're looking to be doing a couple more of those. So uh, if anyone's interested, yeah. feel free to slide in the DM. Let us know if you like the segment. Um, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Okay. All right. So first we can, you know, just get back into it. We're, you know, uh regular show of the week. Charlie's back from Columbus, Ohio. I'm still in my uh nice little cozy corner of the world in Evanston, Illinois, figuring out what the next chapter of my life is gonna be. <laughs> but yeah. um 
you know, we're uh, we're doing the thing. So how, how's your week going so far being back home? Good. Um, Yeah, it's been nice to sleep in my own bed, you know. I want to train some jiu-jitsu this week, hopefully, right. if we can. Yeah. That'll be fun. Um, But, yeah, all's good. <laughs> Still early on in break. Um, I'm excited to just go spend more time around, you know. Uh, right. Hopefully get the the channel, you know, popping and popping. Right. Yeah, we've been, we've been working on our growth this week. Charlie's been really, really on point with the social media game. So we're only just – we're only going to go up from here. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the Funk Master, though, this week we had the final confirmation of Aljamain Sterling versus uh, Henry Cejudo uh, in New Jersey. Going to be the main event of that card over Charles Oliveira versus Benil Dariush. Uh, we've known this fight was in the works for a little bit. Uh, I'm not going to ask you to make a pick, but what is your first impressions of this fight? Um, I think it all depends on what Henry shows up, right? Uh, Aljamain, we know what we're going to get out of him if he can make weight, you know, whatever. Which is, he was huge, but he hasn't really had too much trouble. If he can make weight, we know what we're going to get out of him. We're going to get crafty, long, striking, and trying to establish back control and slap a choke on Henry, you know, good cardio. Um, Henry is kind of a wild card because we hasn't, haven't seen him in a long time, you know. Um, how is his takedown defense going to hold up? Is he going to be quick in those grappling transitions like he's been? So it's um, an interesting matchup for sure. Yeah, I'm curious because Henry's been uh, one to utilize the kicks very often. Um, and, and we talk about, you know, wrestling, but we talk about MMA wrestling. I'm not sure that Cejudo has like the better acumen for MMA wrestling than uh, Sterling does. Sterling is really, really good at finding his place to take the fight. So uh, I'm very curious to see how this one's going to go. I figure we're both leaning this a similar way on this fight just because of consistency. But uh, in terms of a fight, you know, it's very interesting. I'm, I'm happy that it's a main event. I'm happy that it's getting the shine that it deserves. Aljo has been wanting to be a main event for a very long time. Uh, and I think especially with the addition of Oliveira versus uh, Dariush, you know, it's, it's a card that can, you know, make some money. Mm-hmm. I agree. It's a great fight. Great card. Absolutely. All right. Uh, moving on to potential return for Tom Aspinall. Uh, Tom Aspinall was on MMA Hour this week talking about the fact that, you know, he's doing some meetings with the UFC this week and, uh, you know, looking potentially getting a fight booked in the coming weeks. So what are your thoughts on Aspinall as a presence in the heavyweight division and how he's going to look after having extensive reconstructive surgery on his knee? Uh, I mean, it's always like one of two ways. Lots of people have came back and looked great after knee surgery. Dominic Cruz amongst them. Um, he is a big guy, right? So it's, it might be more difficult to keep up that frame. But if he does look anything like he looked in the past, I do believe he is the second best heavyweight in the world behind John Jones probably. And um, he's the guy who's going to be able to get John out of there if it comes yeah. down to it. I mean, you see, you would see, like, in theory, if you're talking about John and he's, you know, being consistent winning these type of ventures, you see him probably three fights down the line, right? Because John is probably going to fight, you know, he's just about 100% fighting Stipe in July. And then maybe later this year, you'll see him fight one of these up-and-comers like a Curtis Blades or a Sergei Pavlovich. Uh, but if, if Tom Aspinall can win a couple of fights, he can make yeah. a case to go, go in ahead of that fight. So I agree. Yeah. I would say Curtis Blades is extremely unlikely. Uh, <laughs> I mean... Right, he's. Well, do you have, how, how do you think? How do you think that fight goes? Pavlovich. Pavlovich. I mean, I think Pavlovich by first round knockout. Uh, but yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. And I think, I don't know. It's interesting because, like, with Pavlovich, you know how he's going to fight. It's going to be interesting to see, like, if anyone can really deal with that. I mean, mm-hmm. Overeem did, but mm-hmm. Overeem took the fight. He took the fight with Overeem in a couple days' notice. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> be interesting to see if any, yeah, if anyone can really deal with him. I'm not sure. Okay. That crazy um, power he rivals Francis. Yeah, for I sure. Think. All right. Uh. Now we're going to talk about something we haven't really talked about too much on this program because I don't really know if it, like, offers. And we don't really know too much about it, but. Yeah, it offers much. But so the uh, Dana White's power slap wrapped up on TBS. TBS will not renew it for a second season. It was the lowest rated show on TBS last week. Um, It will return to Rumble, the internet uh, streaming platform. Um, There's a lot of controversy with power slap, right? Because you see, you know, UFC sanctioned referees. You see, you know, guys who are taking a lot of, you know, head trauma. And it seems like they're not really trained competitors to a certain extent. So do you think this has any place in the modern combat sports era? Are you interested in seeing it kind of just fade away? Uh, I'm for sure interested in seeing it fade away. And I think, you know, Dana over the years as the UFC's president has made so much ruckus about not wanting the MMA to look like meatheads and to look like, you know, like people that fight in the street, you know, that's not what we are. That's not what our, that's not the image we want to um, show. And you can 
we, we can pull up like old clips of the ultimate fighter where Dana says exactly that. Right. And I think this is just a step backwards and like these people, they're standing in front of each other and just fucking wailing on each other as hard as they can. So it's, yeah. stupid. it's bad for the sport. Totally agree. I don't think anything more needs to be said than that. It's kind of just, uh, yeah, the UFC is really using their platform to try to hype it up because it's Dana White's best project, but uh, yeah, not a fan. Yeah. All right. Now we can re- recap the card from last weekend. Um, we start four fights down. That's the fights that we got into this past week. Um, talking about Jonathan Martinez and his defeat of Saeed Nurmagomedov. Uh, this was a fight that we had circled because we thought it would be very uh, interesting two up-and-coming prospects that we were very interested in seeing given that they got matched up. Uh, Charlie didn't agree with this one. So let's start with you. What did you think? I mean, it was a close fight, certainly, and maybe I was biased, but there, I mean, each round was close. I'll I'll give that to for sure. So you can see how in a fight like that, it can be like unanimous when each round is close for sure. But I just thought that Saeed just overall had the slight edge. They both had their moments and they were both, you know, Saeed, very clean striker, landed good kicks and both of them had their grappling moments, but I just thought he edged him out. Saeed edged him out a little bit, but you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, it's an interesting fight for the division. I, I see both of them doing big things and uh, Martinez now definitely looking at a shot in the top 15 is next fight for sure. Yeah. All right. Now I move out to light heavyweight uh, Nikita Krylov defeated Ryan Spann. This is one we didn't see coming. We were both very hot on Span. Um, but it's just a firefight. I mean, you get in a firefight with Nikita Krylov. He's, you know, typically that guy. You, know, you, you need a really polished striker to deal with a guy like Nikita Krylov. Uh, but it'll be very interesting to see where he goes uh, moving up in the division. So, yeah, your thoughts on Nikita and his performance this past weekend? Yeah, he just kind of creates chaos, right? Like, that's his style. And there were certain things at the beginning where Ryan Spann caught him with, like, a couple clean shots, but then it hit the mat, and there was just all these transitions and transitions and transitions. And you could tell Nikita was just one step ahead of him, and Ryan started to wear and get tired, and it was – you know, two minutes into yeah. the fight or whatever, and then eventually he just got caught. I mean, he was slowing yeah. down and slowing down, and eventually he got too slow, and Nikita slapped on the chair. Yeah, Ryan uh, really, really burnt out his arms going for that guillotine early. It was close, but yeah. I think that, you know, uh, situationally, maybe just use that to change position. You know, you don't need to necessarily give your all into that move in the first round when you, you know, still need your arms for things. Uh, it didn't really seem like Ryan really fought the triangle. It seemed like he was not – No, he was know, done. He was yeah. – he was interested in finding a way out of that situation. Is what yeah, it seemed like to sure. me. I agree. Yeah. Um, All right. Now we move up. Well, actually, where do you go with Krylov now? Because you have very interesting fights coming up in the division. You have uh, Johnny Walker taking on Anthony Smith in a few months. Uh, you have, you know, a couple different fights. You have Jamal Hill probably looking at fighting Prohaska. Um, you can see Krylov matched up with potentially a Jan Blahovich type. Yeah. Or a uh, – uh, who's the other guy who just drew with Blahovich? Magomed Ankalaev. Uh any of those guys, either of those guys would really be a, a great opponent. Yeah, uh, I think either of those guys, he's going to – I mean, we have there's some things that need to be resolved in 205 first. I'm excited to see you with the, the championship. And I think – What about Krylov Krilo versus Rakic? That'd be interesting. Yeah, I was thinking Rakic. Um, yeah, so Nikita Krylov is ranked sixth now. I don't really see what Anthony Smith is doing sitting at number five, to be honest. His uh, days – that's a good one. I mean, yeah, but – I think his days as a true title contender in that division are very limited, if not over. Um, but, yeah, I don't see him taking a step down, certainly. So any of these guys, number two, Magomedov, number three, Blasvitz, number four, Rakic, or even number five, Anthony Smith, I wouldn't be surprised if that fight gets booked. Well, Anthony Smith has a fight booked with Johnny Walker. But, okay. I mean, um, potentially, the winner, somebody, potentially the winner of that fight. Yeah, we're talking about somebody who fought this weekend. So, yeah. Right. Yeah, awesome. Moving up to heavyweight, we have Alexander Volkov defeating Alexander Romanov. Uh, you were underwhelmed by Romanov and his performance. I, you know, I mean, watching the fight back, uh, it really, really seemed like Romanov sold out, sold out for that takedown, wasted all his energy, and got caught up with the fence grab. I think the fence grab really, really changes that fight. I think that's a situation where the referee separates and takes a point immediately. That's, I think, like, you've seen the referees do that. And when they when they when they have a little bit of gumption, that's the correct application of the rules. Romanov was going to get that takedown, hundred percent. He was going to get that takedown. He was on his back foot. He was leaning back, and he grabbed the fence. It's why Volkov didn't really celebrate when he won. He was just kind of like you know because he knew that he committed a foul. Now I'm sure Romanov will appeal. I'm sure it will go nowhere. But uh, 
yeah, you know, it, it's very interesting. I, I'd like to see uh, – I, I don't know. I don't know if Romanov falls too far with this one, though, just because of the blatancy of the foul. He, he didn't look great for sure, and he was getting hit. And he, like you said, he was panic wrestling, but he was going to get that takedown. He was. Okay, regardless if he was going to get the takedown, and I'm sure it would have made a difference in the fight, but the way he reacted and, like, just fought the rest of the, the whole rest of the time <laughs> – you know, you can't sell out on one takedown like that. There's guys with great wrestling in the division who are not just going to give up easy takedowns like Volkov. And you can't just, like, bail and just be like, oh, I'm giving up the fight now that my first takedown. So, like, we'll talk about a guy like, um, gosh, what's his name? Uh, we were just talking about him, heavyweight, good wrestler. Curtis. Curtis yeah, like, I just think that's a horrible matchup for Romanov or any of these guys at the top. Tom Aspinall, horrible matchup for Romanov. Yeah. Like, right. so I think he does fall, certainly. Yeah, I mean, I could see uh, maybe a match with Sergei Spivak. Uh, maybe Romanov versus Derek Lewis would be interesting. Yeah. Uh, I, I hate that fight for Derek Lewis, though, but yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's a tough yeah. loss. It was very ugly and very dominant, so yeah. it's hard to see. Where do you, where do you put Volkov? Uh, let me take a peek at the rankings really quick. I mean, Volkov has been around forever, right? And it's yeah, hard. He's going to have to keep, unfortunately, he's going to have to keep fighting these up and comers, I think. Yeah, it's going to be. I don't think there's a way for him to really go up. Mm-hmm. I mean, does Ty Tuivasa? I could see, like, no, Ty Tuivasa would be a great fight. You could see, I could see Sergey Spivak. I could see the winner of Jalton Almeida versus, uh, the winner of Jalton Almeida versus Jarzino Rosenstreich. Be a yeah. great fight. I agree. Um, uh, yeah. Or, any of these yeah. So Volkov is like one of those guys who's not going to have like much traction ever in like being the guy, the next guy to book. Like, he's like, he's a Derek Brunson type, right? He's got to like keep beating these up and comers until he either punches his way forward or he doesn't. That's it. Yeah. Or he gets, you know, a fight falls through and that's where that happens sometimes. Fight falls through, you accept and you get a big win. And now you're all of a sudden people want to watch you. So, right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It'll be interesting to see how they book him. Um, didn't take too much damage, so I expect we'll see a relatively quick turnaround from him. All right, another main event. Uh, me and Charlie kind of predicted this pretty much to a T. Uh, Peter Jan was absolutely outclassed by Murad Walsh, really. Uh, unanimous decision, 50-45 times three. Uh, set the record for the most takedown attempts in UFC history. Wasn't successful on many, but just the back control and the total, total positional dominance. Uh, you got to say, Murad looking like probably the best 35-pounder in the world. Uh, I agree. Obviously, <laughs> it's been um, repeatedly stated that he will, he was not going to fight Aljo, and I don't expect him to. Um, but it's exciting to see what with Aljo's fight coming up. I'm sure Marab. I would like to see Marab wait around, but I doubt he will. Um, but yeah, I mean, this fight reminded me almost of like Kamaru Usman versus Tyron Woodley, where it was like. Petrion couldn't even get off a shot. Like the second he was thinking about throwing a punch, Marab was just all over him. And, you know, people talking about how many de- takedowns Petrion defended. Marab was standing there with back control, not trying to return him from, you know, he would shoot his high crouch, single leg knee pull, whatever you want to call it. And he would get back control. And he's not trying to return him. He's just punching, him, pushing him against the cage. And I'm sure he could have had, you know, more takedowns if that was the game plan, but he was just, punished him in the clinch so yeah right yeah yeah it'll be interesting to see what they do uh aljo has talked about that you know marab with a win would be the number one contender aljo said tease that he would consider moving to 35 um it'd be interesting to 45 yes excuse me 45 it'd be interesting to see because that 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 division is a mess but aljo wants to give his friend a chance but then you talk about like you know the winner of cheeto vera versus Corey sandhagen probably be the next in line uh to fight sean o'malley or if suhudo sticks around but I figure if, if Aljo wins, uh, then he'll go up to 45, so Hudo will probably retire. That's what I figure. Yeah, and then it'll be Sean um, O'Malley versus Marab. Well, but you Chito. have to consider, you have to, if, if Cheeto Vera beats Corey Sanhagen, how big is that Sean O'Malley versus Cheeto Vera fight, the rematch? It's very big. Yeah, for sure. But, <laughs> I mean, it's like, yeah, I guess. Corey is not drawing that much attention in that division anymore. Well, know. if Corey wins, then I think it's a, it's a slam dunk for Marab versus Sean O'Malley, but – yeah. I don't know how they're. Yeah, I don't know how they're going to promote that fight. I, I, I mean, I don't see that being even slightly competitive. To be mm-hmm. fair, I don't. It, not even a little bit competitive. I mean, um, Rob, like, 
with the way he looked this weekend, yeah. Yeah. And we've seen him get hurt before, right? But so you never know. But I agree with you completely. All right. Yeah. Moving on to a quick recap of next week's card. Trying to get through this. Um <laughs> I really yeah, we're just gonna recap fights, make our picks, and uh jump right into our next couple of games. Leon right. uh, Usman. Uh I think everybody who's watching this podcast probably knows about this fight, you know. Um yeah. trilogy, right? Yep. And uh for me, I'm gonna I'm gonna, who who are you picking? That fight uh, I'm picking Kamaru to get it done. I think he's going to lean more on the wrestling this time around, and it's going to look a lot like the the uh, first fight against Jorge Masvidal, where he pushes Leon against the cage, and people are going to complain that it was boring, but I think Kamaru's going to get it done. See, I think totally the opposite. I think if Kamaru fights passively like he did against Masvidal, uh, I don't think it's going to go well for him. Leon is too good in those situational exchanges. Uh, I think Kamaru's going to try to slow this fight down a lot, and he's going to, he's, I mean, knockout like that changes a person. Uh, I see Leon Edwards managing the distance. I see Leon Edwards defending takedowns much better than he did last time, defending pressure much better than he did last time. Uh, and I see him frustrating Usman in situations that Usman didn't think were going to be hard. And that's how you get in someone's head where you put them back in a situation, but they lost. Uh, and it's a tough pick because, you know, Usman's so dominant. He's so good everywhere. Uh, but I'm picking Leon Edwards by unanimous decision to retain his title. Okay. Uh, in lightweight, the co-main event, Justin Gaethje versus Rafael Fazio, absolute barn burner. Anytime you see Justin Gaethje in a fight, I mean, <laughs> it hasn't been a fight in years where I haven't thought, oh, Justin Gaethje, absolute barn burner. I mean, this is another great matchup. Two extremely dynamic strikers, explosive athletes. Um, I'm actually going to go against my instincts and take Justin Gaethje by second-round knockout here. You see, it's tough, right? You know, and later on, I'll allude to the fact that I might sprinkle a little bet on Gagey because he, he's the underdog and that's disrespectful. Um, but I don't know, man. Fazeev's technical striking is so good. I I think if Gagey mixes in some wrestling, it'll look a lot better for him. Uh, the threat of the takedown will be really important. Um, I don't know. It's such a tough fight. There's so many different ways it could go. I could see Gagey landing one and sleeping him. Uh, I could see Fazeev just picking him apart on the outside with the better technical striking. Mm-hmm. Um, I can see Justin representing chaos whenever Fizzy tries to enter and getting takedowns and, you know, like winning, winning a, a scrap, like an actual physical scrap. Uh, but at the end of the day, I do think uh, the technical striking of Fizzy is going to be too good. Uh, I don't think Gage is necessarily going to be able to lean on the grappling. Uh, I think it's a favorable matchup for Fizzy inside the top five. So I'm taking half elf by Close 29-28, unanimous okay. or split decision. In one of the fights uh, of the year? One of the fights of the year, if not the fight of the year. It's going to be incredible. I'm so excited. He's so high level. Mm-hmm. Uh, Just a couple more fights uh, that we want to highlight. Yeah, welterweight, <laughs> uh, Gunnar Nelson versus Brian Barbarena. It's kind of a sleeper fight. Uh, people yeah, Gunnar really Nelson coming back the... after a few years away. Who? Barbarena or Gunny? Nelson. Nelson coming back after a few years away. And um, looking at his record recently, I mean, a lot of his losses are like to top level opponents. Fought Leon Edwards to a split decision. Uh, fought Gilbert Burns, and Gilbert Burns didn't get him out of there. Decision again. And Brad Barbarino is coming off of a great win against RDA, right? Um, but I'm no. thinking Gunnar Nelson. What? He lost RDA. He lost RDA. He Robbie Lawler. He beat Robbie Lawler and lost RDA. Right, right, right. Sorry. Uh, okay. Yeah, I'm picking <laughs> Gunner anyways by decision. So. Yeah. I'm going the other way. I think Brian Barberina is exactly the type of guy to spoil this comeback. Uh, he's going to bring the fight to Gunner, and in a situation if Gunner has any ring rust, it's not going to go well. I'm taking Brian Barberina by second round TKO. Okay. And then we it's got a fight, right? We got uh, kind of the seasoned veteran and Jeff, Jennifer Maya going against up-and-comer Casey O'Neill, even though she didn't have a great performance her last time out. Uh, I think she's going to get it done this time. <laughs> I don't know too much about her and her fighting, but it's hard to look past the record. Very polarizing, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm as well taking Casey by decision. I think, you know, it's her time to arrive. She's had a little bit of time off. Uh, but, yeah, I think, I think she's going to get it done here. Yeah. Actually, and then we're coming down to middleweight, one of the sleeper fights on this card, one of my favorites, uh, Marvin Vittori versus Roman Delige. Uh, Delige coming off the uh, calf slicer TKO over Jack Hermanson. And then you have Marvin Vittori, who's, you know, uh, sort of 
in danger here of falling to gatekeeper status if he loses to Lise. Uh It's an interesting fight. But yeah, what are your thoughts here? Um, I'm not a big fan of Marvin's as a fighter, <laughs> as a person. And I know Roman Delize had a great performance with a very um, untraditional submission, right? And he only has uh, one loss on his career. Um, great jiu-jitsu guy. So I'm thinking it's going to be a close one. Um, and it's going to come down to – I don't know. I'm not actually sure, but I want Roman Delize to win, so I'm picking Roman Delize. That's exactly where I'm at too. Marvin's really tough. Like there's no there's no doubt that he's very really, well really rounded, tough. Yeah. Very well rounded, good everywhere. Um, I think Marvin's not gonna be able to work the grappling like he wants, so it's gonna come down to striking. I don't think either of them are really seasoned strikers. Mm-hmm. I think Delize probably has the crispier hands out of the two. So I'm going with Delize. Yep. Okay. We're jumping into our next segment, our dra- signature move draft this week. Since Izzy got the first pick last week, I'm gonna get the first pick this week. Um, Wait, explain it a little bit. Explain it a little bit. So, yeah, we're each going to go and pick one fighter's signature move. Um, If you don't believe – I guess if, if you don't believe something counts as a signature move, <laughs> you can throw a flag on the player or whatever. Um, but, yeah, and we'll we'll have a discussion. But with my first pick, I'm going to take the most dominant signature move in the history of the sport, Ronda Rousey's armbar. It's a great one. That's, that's you know, that's high on my list. Uh, That was my – when we were discussing this yesterday, we said there was an obvious number one. That was the obvious number one. Uh, but you're talking about significance to the sport. You're talking about big time moments and Ronda definitely has that. Uh, but what you're missing is the essence of the game. We're looking for a signature move, a move that is the signature of a fighter. So mm-hmm. when you talk about a move that is the signature of a fighter, uh, what better than to go with a choke that is named after the fighter and go with the Von Prude choke. Okay, I don't like that pick at all. <laughs> but it is, it is it is the it's a better signature move. It's the, it's his signature move. Yeah, Every, everyone does arm bars, motherfucker. Everyone. But, <laughs> like okay, that's a fair fair point. And I guess that is also okay. I mean, I'm gonna go with the throwback for my next move. Um, even though this guy didn't have a great career in the UFC, um, he was unbelievable and probably one of the most feared strikers of all time. I'm gonna go with the Miracle Crow crowd left head kick. That's awesome. Yeah. Wasn't on my list, but I, I appreciate the nostalgia. It was a great time. Uh, next up, I'm going to go with our one of our favorite fighters, one of our favorite personalities in the sport, uh, the Daniel Cormier high crotch lift. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. It's a great one. Isn't that a great one? That's so good, yeah, right? It's when, a great he, one. when he picks up people over his head and just so okay. good. Here, here is um <laughs> my little cap on the best draft, clearly. This is another – like this is the essence of the sport. This guy does this move better than anybody else in the history of the sport. Everybody he fights, he's going to throw it. He more than likely is going to land it here to everybody with it. Also, in my opinion, maybe the best knockout of all time, the Edson Barboza wheel kick. Fair enough. I thought you were going to go to where I'm going to go with next. I think I know where you're going to go. Uh, yeah, um, I mean, you're talking about significance of the sport. There's no one more significant. Uh, and we don't even really like this guy, but Conor McGregor's left hand. Okay. I think redefine the, redefine the sport, uh, redefine how people see the sport. Redefine the exposure that the sport is getting. Uh, the significance of that signature move is uh, can't be under can't be understated. Certainly. Uh, you got any honorable mentions you want to put out there? I think the John yeah, Jones the, spinning elbow is worth. Putting John Jones it. spinning elbow is good. Uh, the, uh, the Khabib Dagestani handcuff. BJ yeah, Penn's that doesn't count rear- though. I'll throw the flag on the. That's <laughs> risk control. Risk control is not a BJ Penn's rear naked choke. Yeah, I think that was that's a good one. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you could say like the rampage power bomb, but that doesn't work. No. You only like hit it once or twice. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Shogun soccer kicks; those are fun. Yeah. Uh, I think we have yeah. a pretty good draft here. Pretty competitive. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think you're probably going to get the nod based on not everyone's going to know who OSP and Jason Von Flew are, but like yeah, the but fact that Connor, they, they have a so... choke, they have a choke named after them. You have so Connor. That's a signature move. What? You have Connor. That's true. That's true. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Um, All right, going to our guess who, our guess who of the week. This is going to be messy. <laughs> we're switching sure. it up a little bit. Uh, what we're going to do this time is more like a twenty questions based way. So we're going to one fighter at a time. Um, we're going to count how many questions, right? And we're doing any all time fighters, just champions, though. So, yeah. um, you guys can play along with us. Let us know if you did better or whatever. If you knew, blah blah blah. 
But there's, do you want to guess of, first, or do you want to do you want to answer? So we do we have do we have a, a certain amount of guesses that we have to have or no? Just whoever no, guesses whoever last. has the more the 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 most. And we're doing we're doing two people, right? Yeah, we'll we'll start off with one and see how long it takes. You know. Okay. Uh, I'll guess first. Okay. All right. First question: Men's fighter or women's fighter? Men's fighter. Okay. Over or under 170 pounds. Over. Okay. 205. No. That's that's four questions or three. That's four. three. You you should that's be counting three. these. All right, three, four, 185. No. That's heavyweight. That's a question. Uh, no, I'm, I'm saying that to myself. Excuse me, I'm saying okay. that to myself. All right, so I'm at, I'm my ticker's at four, right? Four, maybe five. Four. I lost count. We're at four. Okay. My fifth question: pre or post WMEIMG purchase? You're gonna have to give me a year on that. 2016. Pre. Okay. Randy Couture. Incorrect. Six. Brock Lesnar. Incorrect. You're going to have to get more. You're going to have to. I know there's 18 heavyweight champions, so there's going to be a few. You're going to have uh, to go down. And do you have like a list of the heavyweight champions? You should probably. No, be I know. I know them all just about them. Rico Rodriguez. Incorrect. Josh Barnett. Incorrect. Fuck, there's so many. Mark Coleman. Incorrect. <laughs> this is why you Pick the division me. with the most champions. I kind of know them off the top of my head. Uh, Pre or post 2010? Pre. <laughs> it's so hard. <laughs> um, Pull up a list. Oh, you don't have the, the computer. I have what I have. I can. I'm trying to do this off the top of my head, though. That's, that's, that's 11 okay, guesses. I'll try to do it off the top of my head, also. It's not going to be 11 guesses, right? 11 guesses. If I get to 15, it's just a DQ. Okay. Um, so it's not Randy Couture. It's not Josh Barnett. Is Pedro Hizzo a champion? No. I don't think he was a champion, Pedro Hizzo. Um, Pedro Hizzo? No. Uh, 12. I, I feel like we're not counting correctly, but it's okay. Are we Are we? Are we a ways away? I have no are we point. a ways away in era? I think Pedro Hizzo is pretty close in era. Maurice Smith? Incorrect. Kevin Randleman? Incorrect. Boss Rudin? There you go. All right, sixteen guesses. Sixteen guesses. Okay, maybe we'll see how long this next one takes, but that might be <laughs> the only one for this week. All right. Okay, All right. I'll start off with uh, the women's or men's question. Is it women's or men's? Men's. Okay. Um, that's one. It, uh, above one seventy. Yes. Okay. Is it, let's say, well, is it pre-WEC or post-WEC? Yeah, pre-WEC. Okay. Um, let's see. How about the fact that I just named all those heavyweights off the top of my head with no list, though? I'm, I'm off the top of my head right now also. Okay. I'm probably going to have to narrow it down to our weight class. It's pre-WEC. Um, is it heavyweight? No. 205. No. How many questions is this? Five? That was five, yeah. Uh 185. Yeah, six. Middleweight champions. <laughs> uh, the no. Pre WEC. I'm trying to think. Who did Rich Franklin beat? Some nobody. So no, nah, he has a name. He has a name. He does have a name. And it's it's your guy. No, not necessarily. Who's to say? Uh, okay, so it's pre WEC merger. This is so incredibly difficult without a. <laughs> is it Carlos Newton? Was that even the right weight class? No, it's not the right weight class. Carlos Newton was a seventy pounder. Okay, I'm close though. Uh, <laughs> it's that era. It is that era. Yeah, I don't even remember like fighters from that era. I didn't even know middleweight was a thing at that point. <laughs> right. 
I mean, is it somebody or it's this is not a question. I don't even remember these guys' names, dude. You could if you can't remember their names, just pull out the list. Then. How about this is gonna might sound super stupid. Is it Guy Metzger? No. No. Uh, same era. Well, I know it's the same era. <laughs> All right, I'm pulling up a list, so I guess I can be cute also, but um Mariela Bustamante. Yes, that's the one. Yeah. I would have never gotten it in a minute, <laughs> by the way. But as soon as I, I, I saw the list, I knew who it was. All right. And there's really not very many middleweight champions in history. Yeah. We can you do, want one. To do one more? Yeah. All right. Men's or women's? That round went to me, by the way, because he pulled up a list. Men's okay, or women's? Sure. That round went to you. Uh, men's. Uh, over or under 170? Uh, over. Well, in- over including? Yeah. Was it 170? Yeah. It's so okay. stupid. You don't get Carlos Newton? No. Pat Militich? No. Matt Hughes? No. This is not a good strategy. All right. That's five guesses, right? Yeah. Over under. So the, is it 170? Carlos Newton, Pat Militich, Matt Hughes? Five. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's not that many of these. Pat Militich was the first one. You don't get any lists, so no, no. I know. Pat Militich was the first one. Um, or was he? Yes, because Dave Manet was the first 185 champion. Yep. I just um, that. Isn't that crazy that I know that? Isn't that crazy? Bro, I'm, I'm out here. I know he beat Matt okay. too. Or no, uh, Bustamante. All right, but anyway. Um, I mean, it could be GSP. Is that yes, a question? GSP. Yes, GSP. Incredible. Six. Uh, so there's four more. I mean, or five more, four or five more. Johnny Hendricks. There you go. That's correct. All right. Seven guesses, baby. Seven guesses. I, this is a bad one because I know all these damn champions. I have these lists memorized. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Um. For right. me, men's or is it men's or women? Men's, men's. or women. men's. Okay. Um. Over one seventy, including. Yes. Heavyweight. No. Two hundred five. Nope. Is that four? That's four. What is it, man? Yeah, that's four. How many questions do I have? You have seven, bro. <laughs> seven awesome. and a guess, or just six and a guess? Let let's say seven and a guess. I want to give you a chance because you're not you're not gonna get it without the guess. Well, obviously, I can't get it without guessing who it is. <laughs> um, let's see. So uh, there's what two way classes left, but I'm trying to think of something smart to say. <laughs> um, did your fighter ever fight Anderson Silva? Oh, that's a stupid question. Yes, but he did. Yes. Is it Dan Henderson? No. You have you have one more. What? No, I was just at four. That's five, six. You're right. Five, yes, one more. One and more. And then I guess. Okay, one more, and then I guess. He was a champion. So here's what's going through my mind right now. It could be Rich Franklin. Um, it could be Daniel Cormier. It could be Michael Bisbing. Ask a question. Was he white? No. All right. Now you have to guess. Trying to, I'm racking my brain right now because I'm thinking DC. But did, I don't know. Why I asked if it was 205. So it can't be DC. And he's not white. I need a second to think about this. <laughs> Paul Anderson Silva. I've watched every single one of Anderson Silva's fights. Brazilian people. Are wider this doesn't okay, I don't know. Is it Vitor Belfort? No, Carlos Newton fought Anderson Silva in Pride. It's a non sequitur. Oh, <laughs> you didn't specify. I thought I had it. You didn't say you said you said you have you said did he fight Anderson Silva? He did in Pride. I would have never known that in a million years. <laughs> Anderson Silva knocked him out with a flying knee. It was a good fight. You should watch it. That was a good question, also. Yeah, it was good. It could have actually helped me a lot, like if you For sure. 
if it was one of the guys in the UFC. I, I wanted to I wanted to try to like say that that's a non sequitur because you're never gonna know that he fought Carlos Newton in Pride. <laughs> I thought I had it, dude. Yeah. Okay. Uh you All right. one, right? Yes, I did. Both games. But it's okay. You know, we're out here, we're doing our thing, and next week we're gonna come up with a new theme. And let us know in the comments if you guys like this segment or uh we, we went with a different style, we went one at a time. Uh, that was our feedback last week, just to go one at a time. So uh, if you guys prefer it this way, let us know. If you prefer it the other way, where we go back and forth, let us know as well. Now I'm going to move on to uh, our bets of the week. We got a uh, UFC 285 or 286. Yeah, 286 coming up this weekend uh, from London, the O2 Arena. Uh, I'm not going to make a pick on the main event because I think it's tough, but I do think Leon's going to win. My bets, though. Here comes my bets. Casey O'Neill by decision. Uh, she's not a finisher, really. I don't think that she's you know going to get uh, – uh, Jennifer Maya is a tough out. I don't think she's going to get her out of there. But I think uh, Casey O'Neill wins in the distance of plus 120. Uh, Roman Dolidze at plus 230, straight money line. Uh, I think there's a good solid chance that, you know, he uh, implements his game plan. Uh, and not outworks Vittori because it's pretty hard to outwork Vittori, but uh, find, finds a way to get this one done. I think he finds a way to get this one done. Uh, and at plus 350, the fact that Justin Gagey knockout is plus 350, you got to take it. You just have to take it. I mean, you do. Like, he could land. He, it's the sheer volume, and nobody's ever, nobody, nobody's ever going to give you the feel that Justin Gagey will give you, right? Yeah. So you have an up and comer coming up like Fazeev with his hands. Uh, it's incredible, but the, the the sheer volume and the sheer power that Gagey's going to put up in that fight. Uh, I'm picking Fazeev to win, uh, but you know Gagey knockout definitely worth a sprinkle in, the, in your in your bets this week. I didn't perform so great last week. I think my only hit was uh, main event by decision. Which you know we kind of saw all that coming. Yeah. Uh, we took that at plus money though, so that was good. Um, and we missed Span and we missed uh, Romanov, but that's okay. Uh, moving on up this week, I, I feel really good about these picks. Okay, I mean that's all we got for you guys this week. Um, please yeah. comment on the YouTube video if you watch it. Yeah. Uh, like yeah. it, comment it. Be Keep rocking with our content, guys. We're, we're really we're really putting in the work over here. Shout out to Charlie. He's really, really putting in the work to get our sh- stuff out on social media. Um, we want to grow this thing. You know, we're, we're interested in growing this thing uh, and seeing how far we can take it. So we yeah. appreciate all your guys' support. And see you next week.